coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. I call Palico. I call Palamute. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including the announcement of two Monster Hunter games coming to Switch. And then on Thursday, we are starting our Mario Month a week early. Uh, but in the meantime, Mark, how you doing? I'm doing good. I feel like we have so much to get to this episode that we can cut the preamble. Nobody needs to know about my haircut or my underwear. And go straight to talking about Sonic Forces borrowing program. You know, I've noticed that when I go for walks in the afternoon, my ankles get dirty. <laughs> <laughs> this is a real observation I've had. I don't know if it's just dusty outside, but every time I come inside, I feel like pig pen from, the, uh, from Peanuts. But just around your ankles? Uh, I mean, I, that is where I see it. Uh, mm-hmm. That's where I'm like, oh, yeah. You went outside, <laughs> and you're a dirty little boy. You need to be cleaned up. Uh, if you want to be a dirty little boy, you can borrow my copy of Sonic Forces uh, for the Nintendo Switch if you want to. All you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com and give us a mailing address where we can send this thing to you. You can play it for as long as you want or as long as you don't want. Uh, you can do whatever you want. There are no rules. Um uh, another thing, there are, maybe are no rules to this either. We are doing a whole month, as previously mentioned, about Mario every Thursday episode for a month and a, one extra bonus <laughs> week are all going to be about Mario. Um, and we are capping it off with uh, just our favorite Mario memories. Uh, and we need you to contribute to those. Um, so just please uh, write in a Mario memory and email it to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Gmail. And we need it by October 27th at the absolute latest. Look, you've got a couple minutes right now. You got a thing that you remember about Mario. Uh, Mark, what kind of stuff are we looking for here? Here's the great thing. It can be anything. Do you have a happy memory? Do you have a sad yes. memory? Do you have just like um, a memory of the first time you played a Mario game? Do, are, do you want to devise some sort of Christmas light blinking similar to what happened in Stranger Things Season 1, and then wow. film that and then send it to us, and we will decode it to tell the, Mar- the Mario memory that of your choice. All of these right, are right, possibilities. Right. Yeah, that, those are all possibilities. Uh, however, any translation done by us uh, is, of course, final and official. Uh, and <laughs> that's just, you got to live with that if that's how you choose to submit your Mario memory. Uh, thank you, Jason. Thank you, Mason. Thank you, Daniel, for submitting memories. Uh, keep them coming, guys. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited for this episode. It is shaping up to be something fun. Also, um, we have a couple emails that I do want to address this week. I think we're going to talk about them on our Thursday show, but I just wanted to uh, uh, shout you guys out. Good emails, good questions. Thank you, Josiah. Thank you, Shane. Thank you, Ashley. We will talk about your questions this week on the Thursday episode. Um, Mark, too much to talk about. Let's get into what we've been playing this week. And I feel like we could stay here in this section of the show for 
days. Mark, what have you been playing? I've been playing Super Mario 3D All-Stars, which released last Friday. Um, I've been putting time into Mario 64. I think I have maybe about 30 stars. And um, we probably could spend a lot of time here. I am mildly... Uh, that's not That's not fair. I had a lot of difficulty getting back mm. into Mario 64. And I am having, I think, like a good amount of fun with it. But I have to do it like one or two stars at a time. Because I oh, find man. the game. I don't know how really, you do that. <laughs> <laughs> I find I find it really frustrating to play. I find the controls really frustrating. I find the camera infuriating. I am really so here's, finding it challenging to go through. Uh, I've beaten uh, Mario sixty four since, since since I bought it. I, I get like eighty three stars, something like that. Um, I, I ha- haven't haven't gotten them all yet, but I kind of wanted to like move on to mm-hmm. Sunshine. Um, to, to a game that I had not played before. Um, I find that playing Mario 64, it is best to treat the camera as though it is a thing you cannot control, <laughs> except for in the cases where you can like suggest that it do something. But for the like, do not think about that right stick as like your control of the camera. Can it control the camera? Kinda, but like, don't count on it. <laughs> Assume that the game knows best and is putting the camera in an okay place for you. Yeah, it, it's so it's. I had totally forgotten this behavior, but it's like, I think the intention is they're like, uh, I think the thinking of the developers was like, in most instances, you're going to want the camera behind Mario. And so it works overtime to constantly try to like pan behind Mario. Like, I feel like the camera's constantly panning. It, oh, it's that's, like, that's interesting. Uh, Cause like there, there are two, you know, there's like the two different like, versions of the camera right right there's like one that's like the locket to base and the other one that is like behind mario all the time based it's are are you playing it with the behind mario all the time no i'm playing it with like the okay. locket to one and i yeah. i just feel like uh yeah i feel like i'm always fighting the camera to do what i to get it to do what i want to do and i also i'm fi- i am finding mario like a little bit difficult to control um and i don't know if it's like me or if it's the switch controls if you didn't have any problem with it maybe it's just me i cannot really get mario to like turn around i can get him to like go in a little like circle but i can't i can't get him oh sure to like just like turn on a dime yeah yeah exactly like i can't get him to face one direction and then face the other he like does this little circle and so when you're doing tight platforming it's like oh i'm just like constantly falling off uh yeah i especially if he's got some like uh some momentum behind him and you start like kind of gradually turning him uh yeah he turns into like a a a whirling maniac um yeah so uh that is is that the only game in the collection that you have have played thus far yeah yeah i'm interested to get to sunshine have you started playing sunshine i'm dying to know what you think i have i'm like 25 ish stars um into sun (laughs) into sunshine um and that is it. I, I don't think I have played another video game that I um, like and hate at, like, <laughs> at the same time in, in, in these quantities. Because um, like, there's so much about like the presentation of this game and like the assumption that it needs like uh, cinematics or voice acting or a story or even these awful characters that are like running around this island. Um, that like it's it's all so annoying and like hearing any of them speak ever is just like 
uh, excruciating. <laughs> you don't like um, the you don't like the uh, the people on Isle Delfino. No, oh, I, I, man. I, I want them all to die in a fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, but 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 uh, when you like get into the levels, I also don't really care for the uh, the hub world of like the Delfino uh, mm-hmm. like plaza and like that that island. But what once you get into like the individual worlds and you are you know uh, trying to knock out the, the individual shines. Um, it's uh, surprising to me how like meaty each of those experiences are, especially coming immediately off of 64, where, you know, a game that I know very, very well, but like I can pop into a- any level in Mario 64 and, you know, run out with a star in like 30 seconds. <laughs> um, and you got to like put in some work uh, to do them in Sunshine. Uh, and occasionally that work is a little too obtuse for me. I find myself looking up what I'm supposed to be doing in these games. Uh, or in this game, kind of a lot. Um, and I think part of that is because, like, I'm never sure, like, is this a scenario where the game wants me to solve the problem with Flood or not with Flood? Because uh, sometimes you can be, like, spraying something with Flood and it doesn't appear to be reacting. And, like, the solution is, like, no, spray it more. <laughs> and I'm like, well, okay, it didn't appear to... How, how was I... Sp- I wasn't getting any feedback when I was spraying it. Um, so, this, uh, you know... I, I basically have, uh, you know, a, a guide open the, the whole time I'm playing it um, just to, like, get an idea. Or, you know, sometimes I'll be like, do they expect me to, like, try and climb up this? There was a, a shine that I unlocked at the top of a um, Ferris wheel. Um, and, uh, you know, the, you're doing a, a thing behind the Ferris wheel to, like, uh, you know, get the bugs off it or whatever. Um, and, like, you climb to this, you know, this peak, and it's, like, great, and now the the shine is, like, way up high, and I was, like, okay, so what is there a place where I can, like, board the Ferris wheel thing and, like, ride it up and get up there? And it's, like, no, you have to jump just on top of the cart. You can't get in, you cannot get in the Ferris wheel cart. (laughs) You just have to know that you, they, they want you to, like, just stand on top of one of them, and there's no, like, uh, straightforward place to do that from you just have to like blind jump and know that that's what it wants you to do oh i know exactly what you're talking about the ferris wheel level is like notorious and i spent so oh, much okay. time yeah because like you're also trying kind of fighting the camera um it, yeah yeah this uh, is, the camera's a lot better but like that almost makes it worse for me because <laughs> i then i do feel like i should have control over the camera yeah i um my again it's been like 15 years since i played sunshine but my memory of it is exactly what you're saying, where, like, there, early in the game, there's this part, there's a level where there's, like, a lot of scaffolding. And, yeah, like, I remember spending a lot of time, like, you know, figuring out how I get through the scaffolding and how do I get, like, up and all that kind of stuff. But it was at a place in my life where I had a lot of time to do that. And so I do wonder what that experience would be like now going back to it. And I'm, I'm like... I'm, I wouldn't say that Sunshine for me is how like Mario 64 is for you because I did not like play. I haven't played Sunshine like multiple times. Yeah. But I think that like because I have so many more memories of it and more positive memories that I will, I'm like looking forward to revisiting it. And um, I wonder if I'll have like more tolerance for some of its shortcomings than like I do for Mario 64's shortcomings. Yeah. We've talked about on the show how, like, you know, like, with Smash Brothers and Mario Kart, like, pretty much, like, every release is just, like, better. getting better yeah. and is, like, the best. And I kind of think that that's true for Mario as well. Although I haven't played Galaxy yet, 
And in my head, Galaxy is almost like the Ur Mario game, so it'll be interesting to see. So Sarah's been playing Galaxy, um, and man, like just you know, walking through the room while she's playing, and that game looks and sounds awesome. Like it's just so cool, and they. I don't really know how, but like every every five minutes or so in that game is like another showstopper set piece. Um, they just do so much cool stuff. You're flying through space. You're talking to bees. You you are in a bee <laughs> costume, which uh, I mean, I I know we ranked the Mario power ups. We may have under <laughs> undersold the bee costume. It's so cute. <laughs> um, but yeah, that game's incredible, and I. I, I I'm going to wait until after I beat Sunshine to uh, move on to Galaxy. Uh, I don't think I'm going to try to like get every shine in uh, Sunshine. And part of that is because like, uh, you know, I, I'm enjoying the, the more difficult uh, levels where they take away your uh, flood uh, backpack. Um, but some of those, even early in the game, are very hard. They're really hard. Um, like, just legitimately hard platforming. <laughs> Have um, you gotten to the I one also, where like the where they like they toss you? They have to like throw you. I've been tossed a couple times by these weird Delfino guys. Uh, I have yet to like use it oh, uh-huh. <laughs> in like a, a way a way that that matters. So I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm finding a an alternate solution, and I should have mm-hmm. just been thrown somewhere. Um, <laughs> this game uh, and its music player uh, renews my. Uh, demand that the Nintendo Switch uh, online app for your phone uh, that should have access to all of the music in any music player in any game that's connected to your account. Um, Because why not? Why? I want to stream this music to my phone. I want to listen to... And like, you know, they say uh, you can bring your Switch like it's a music... I'm not going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and if if it was easy to connect like my headphones you know, like a Bluetooth headphone Bluetooth, to baby. Switch, yeah. like th- that would maybe be different. But no, you're right. It's such a, to me, so obvious that that's what, that should be a feature of the uh, phone app. And I, I guess I just, the the idea that like they have these music players in these games, like that's very cool. Um, but think of how many of those games have um, music players where you are unlocking music as part of the gameplay, right? Animal Crossing does this, Smash does this, Mario Odyssey does this. Um, and if like the app were rewarding you with access to the music that you were finding in the game, like I currently d- never open this app. <laughs> if it had this feature, I would use it all the time. Yeah, I, 100%. 100%. Um, Mark, uh, Sarah went to the dentist this morning. I drove her there. It's in Beverly Hills, so it's a little bit of a ways away. I had to wait while she was having a procedure done. Um, so I did myself a little bit of a favor uh, and downloaded Hades on the Switch to play while uh, her procedure was getting done. Uh, and I can tell you right now, look, Mark, I'm very excited to be recording this episode with you. I like talking about Nintendo. I like doing this show. I'm a little bit mad that I'm not playing Hades right now. Oh, it's that good? <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, uh, it's it's got that perfect like uh, one more time, one more try. Um, you know, it, it is a a roguelike game, which means that uh, it it anticipates that you're going to die and doesn't give you any checkpoints. Um, so it kind of returns you back to the the very beginning of the game. 
um, and you you know lose all the power ups that you had gained uh, on on your way moving forward. There's just enough uh, like between runs progression so that you're like getting incrementally better and getting access to more weapons to start with, um, and like uh, all that kind of stuff that it feels like very much in line with you just like getting your sea legs of like learning how to play the game better. Um, but you're also like getting more powerful. And then every time, like the power-ups that you're running into, um, you know, it's, it's kind of randomized, but there are also points where like you can pick. So you're like, Oh, I had, uh, you know, good luck with like the Zeus power-ups last time. I'm going to follow all the lightning bolts or I had good luck with the Poseidon stuff or even just like I was having fun with it. Um, so yeah, I mean the, the the game is an absolute blast. The writing is amazing. The art uh, rules, um, and when you get locked into like boss fights or even like a fight that's been a little bit like protracted, like sort of like the game realizes that you've been having a tough time with the fight, it like you know kicks on some like rocking guitar and like <laughs> it's 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 super fun. Like it's uh the the game's just really 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 good. That's awesome. Um, and then finally, also uh, yesterday, Nintendo, as part of Mario's 35th anniversary, you know, you could go to Nintendo, the Nintendo website. There were like uh, five or yes. six different missions that you have for Mario's 35th anniversary. And if you... Six missions. One of them was uh, buy Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Another one was participate in a Mario Kart Tour thing. And then the other four were just like, you know, throw away, do some things on the website. Yeah, and so if you got if you did five of the six, and one of them has to be its mandatory purchase, uh, Super Mario 3D All Stars, <laughs> then you were then you were eligible to um get like this pin set from the My Nintendo store for free if you pay for shipping. And so today at noon or yesterday at noon, they released the first wave question mark of these uh of this pin set, and it was predictably a complete mess. Uh, yeah, just an absolute disaster. I was uh, texting with friend of the show, Matt Acevedo, as it was happening. Um, he was in a panic, had had the pins in his cart. Uh, meanwhile, Mark, you had texted me earlier, and I was like, oh, shoot, I have to like redeem my, my Nintendo points on uh, Mario All-Stars. And then I get a message being like, it could take up to 48 hours for this to reflect on the website. And I was like, no! <laughs> um, so while all that was happening, uh, I still didn't have that mission checked off. Um, Mark, were you able to secure these pins? I, I, I was finally. So basically what happened was like, once you've, you're eligible to redeem it, they gave you a code. And then you went to the My Nintendo store and you uh, tried to add the pins to your cart. But in order to do that, you have to input that code. And then they was like one code per person or one code per account. But what was happening for a lot of people, what was happening for me is like I would input the code and then nothing would happen. Like it would spin and then it would refresh, but like nothing would change. And so I like tried that a couple of times. I uh, eventually like saw it in my cart, went to the cart, got like a 500 error. It was just like uh, it was a mess. Like the store was just not working. Right. But then I went back like three or four hours later. The pins were still in my cart and I was able to like go through it without any yeah. problem at that point. Well, so it was my understanding that as long as you redeemed, as long as you got your code, um, that that code will work. Um, and they just needed like, you know, time for people to stop like spamming the thing. It's, you know, uh, Mark, I mentioned this to you, but, uh, you know, these, these 
were described as a, a limited item. Um, and when Nintendo says that something is available, they mean that it's limited. And when they say something is limited, they mean you can't have it. <laughs> um, and that that you know certainly uh, seemed to be the case here. I, I'm I'm not getting these pins. Uh, I uh, checked in you know this evening and saw that you know it finally clicked over and checked off that I had done the mission. And I was like, oh great. Um, and there's a button for like claim my prize, uh, and it's like nope, out of them. So yeah, it'll be in uh, the the piece that I don't know is um. They in the 35th anniversary direct when they show the pins, there were a in lot the fine of them. print. They say there was there was way more than actually like turned out to be, but uh, they say that the pins will release in two waves. In like the fine print, yeah. that's what it says. And so what I don't know what that means is like okay, was today wave one, because if and then in a few months or in a few weeks or whatever. It'll be wave two, and people who got wave one like aren't eligible. Well, and or is, they're are those have, like, a whole new set of rewards? Yeah, are those different pins? Yeah, or is it just yeah, like I don't a know. second it's opportunity? A yeah, no one knows. <laughs> yeah, um, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah we'll see. Uh, look, it uh, trying to buy Nintendo products remains one of the most frustrating Nintendo games out there. Um, but <laughs> but I would be curious mm-hmm. about if people if other people had like similar success or lack of success, like you should definitely let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh tweet at us at Nincart Society or email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Um just to put a button on the Matt Acevedo side of this story, um he was able to get through. He got those pins. So Woo! Woo! Good for you, Matt. Uh, I will have no pins. But also, look, <laughs> uh, look. Do I need more like enamel pins? No. Do I sort of want them? Yeah. Do I want them especially because there are no cons this year, so I just don't have any like little tchotchke garbage <laughs> that's new to the house? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely that. <sighs> All right. That's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. <laughs> So tomorrow, Wednesday, September 23rd, uh, we're getting a new batch of NES and SNES games for the Switch Online program. Very cool. Uh, The one everybody was kind of like anticipating or asking for since Donkey Kong Country was revealed in July is coming uh, on Wednesday. Donkey Kong Country 2, Diddy's Conquest will be available for the SNES Switch Online. Also released are is the Peacekeepers for the SNES. And the first time in, uh, like, outside of Japan, Mario's Super Picross is coming to Switch. I love that they have just decided that, like, this is something they're doing with the NES, or with the Super NES Switch Online specifically, is releasing Super Famicom games that have never been localized, remain not localized, are in Japanese. (laughs) (laughs) Probably have some, you know, impenetrable uh, menus uh, if you can't read the language. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I'm obviously a big Picross guy now. This is something that has happened over the course of the show. I have become a Picross man. Um, so I'm going to muscle my way through those, <laughs> through those menus and, uh, play this game. Of the ones that like the previously unlocalized games that they brought over as part of the SNES switch online, have they all been puzzle games? Yeah. I wonder if mm-hmm. that's like an easy one for them to bring over where the mechanics of the game, once you figure it out, like it doesn't really matter. That they're in Japanese. Yeah, the other two have been uh, Penal Dupon and Puyo Puyo, um, which, you know, I think all, it helps that both of those, that like all of these games have sort of like modern analogs that have become popular in, you know, in, in the meantime. 
Um, so like just being able to play them on this service uh, is uh, an obvious value. And then on also on Wednesday for the uh, NES is SCAT Cyber Special Cybernetic Attack Team, a game I'm totally not familiar with. Yeah, me neither. I am a little bit bummed out. Uh, so I'm I'm happy about the the Super NES games. Um, because when we got Mario All Stars on the Super NES, it messed up my whole like uh game <laughs> ordering system. Like I had my menu all like nicely sorted. I really liked the way uh, it it was uh, looking. Um, and then uh, Super Mario All Stars, I was like, I don't know where to put this. This is like one game. Does it go like in the mix with everything else, or does it just kind of like rest on top? Do I want it to be the first thing I see when I open this thing? Um, and now that like there are three more games coming, including one that's gonna be the like tall vertical one, which is wild that there are different shaped icons in each of these apps. <laughs> anyway, um, that I, I I'm I'm excited for the opportunity to like try and like fit those in where they go. I'm uh, annoyed with Scat on the NES because my bottom two rows uh, in my Switch Online are both full of games. I can't add any more games to them, uh, and this is one that I just want to throw like in those garbage rows. Uh, but I don't. I don't know what to do now. They're both full. My garbage piles are full, and they're giving me more garbage, Mark. <laughs> well, you'll have to let us know, like, what solution you come up with. I, I'll, I'll come up with a very good solution. I'll come up with a solution. I don't know that it'll be good. <laughs> and then on Thursday, September 24th, uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon 3 Complete Edition is being released for Switch. Wow. Lost, Lost Ember is released on Switch. And uh, Retro Classics with an X, Collection Number 1, Data East, is released on Switch. It includes Bad Dudes, Joe and Mac, Heavy Barrel, Express Raiders, uh, Super Real Darwin, Gate of Doom, Shootout, and Super Burger Time, which I think I don't entirely understand. We've talked about before because I think like there was a double pack with like Bad Dudes and something else that came out a couple of weeks ago. Um, oh, yeah. I don't understand Bet. how the licensing for these like arcade games work. I don't know if, I guess maybe maybe these aren't the arcade version. Maybe like they are mm. like the console ports of these. It's uh, it just feels a little bit like, um, there have been a lot of versions of you know, bad dudes released on Nintendo Switch and Joe and Mac uh, uh slash uh Caveman Ninja like it's the oh, the, the, right. the same game, um and so we we've seen a a lot of them uh just sort of like rehashed and, and represented, um. I mean, if if it's your jam, like these things, these things are out there. <laughs> yeah, it's like twenty three bucks, I think. And then on Friday, September twenty fifth, uh, PGA Tour two K twenty one is released on in retail. I think it's already been uh, available digitally. And then also, Car Driving School Simulator, uh, or Car Driving School, I guess is probably how um, Car Driving School that. Simulator <laughs> <laughs> uh, is released on Switch and. Um, it, I'm highlighting it because like really specific simulation games is one of like my favorite types of video games to know that not to play, but to know that they <laughs> exist. Like, because yeah. like they're, they're not fun to me, but I love that there is an audience for like car driving school simulator and like farm equipment simulator. Right. Do you think this is like a like a a sim like management kind of game where like you're running a driving school? You have no idea. It is not. Oh, okay. It is not. It is yeah, it is not that. It is there are 30 different cars. Uh-huh. And it's all and uh 
you are drive you're just driving around cities there's different cities that you drive in and then as you are driving you learn and get like good driving tips but so it seems so like it's, it's actually like, it actually is a driving school almost like less simulator yeah more like the yeah. um in on some of the cars because it looks like you can also drive a bus but in like the screenshots like the car has the like bumper sticker on the back that's like student driver you know like that sort of thing so i think it's playing up the like the learning good driving habits part of like a driving simulator when i was learning how to drive i was uh i I took uh, like driver's ed in school as part of like summer school right Uh, at 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 the high school um and we had like a driver's ed lab where there were these like almost arcade style seats with like wheels and like pedals and stuff um and there were probably like a dozen of them in the room and like so everyone's like sitting in them sort of like staggered so you can all see a screen and on the screen it's projecting you know like where you're driving and you know no one has the ability to actually like control where where you're going because it's just filmed and this is like you know mm-hmm. 1998 or something um and uh so like you would just get like dinged points if like your wheel was in like the wrong place or like you know uh, not uh-huh. uh not not going when uh when you're supposed to and i remember the the last lesson was uh you were in the left lane of the 405 and you needed to exit um and you know i i'm growing up in wisconsin at at, at this point and the thought of a like nine lane highway <laughs> um freaked me out cuz i94 which ran through kenosha uh, that is uh, two lanes on either side uh, three you know when it gets like up to milwaukee <laughs> um so this just like blew my mind and like was in in my head just like the like er stressful thing um and now i live here and i do it and i'm like this is no big deal <laughs> <laughs> my driving school it wasn't like a part of like the curriculum at all like my high school didn't offer it ours was like so kind of adjacent to campus you didn't um there was like this driving school is a driving school t- slash tax preparation place mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh so it was like three or four weekends of like written of like yeah. coursework where you'd watch videos and like have the dmv manual and all that kind of stuff but then there was no like simulation. It was just like great, and now you sign up for like where you just drive around with an instructor uh, for like three hours, which is an insane thing yeah. that we do. Yeah, <laughs> where we're like, hey, like this fifteen-year-old with this like forty-five-year-old man, and we're just gonna like drive around anywhere for three hours. Did were you when you did your like on the road time as part of your class? And look again, there's so much news we don't have time to screw around. <laughs> <laughs> um the 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 car that we were driving the driving instructor sitting in the passenger seat also had a brake. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um I was wondering if that's what driving school and simulator was was just you playing the role of that driver so you can make suggestions to <laughs> to the <laughs> student about where to go and you can apply the brake when they're going too fast. <laughs> Right, and then you can also be like, "Hey, actually, can we like stop at my house so I can get more cigarettes?" <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> We're gonna go through the drive-through at McDonald's. <laughs> um, all right, those are the new releases. Mark, let's close this out. 
Now it's time for a regular segment on the show. It is time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Um, Mark, it's not Nintendo. Uh, specifically, we are going to be talking about Final Fantasy 16, which was just last week revealed to be a PlayStation exclusive, um, which is huge. Although exclusive maybe maybe only means for a while. Uh, you know, who, who knows what that actually means? Yeah, that's what it seems to be. It yeah. seems to be that like it'll be PlayStation exclusive for a while. But hey, Final Fantasy 16. Yeah. Uh, also, I, I I would like to touch on like the other parts of, of the presentation. But let's start with Final Fantasy 16 because that seems like the most exciting um the most sort of like incendiary topic uh that we yeah, have here i mean we like you and i have both talked about like obviously final fantasy is a big part of our like video game experience yes. but i have not played final fantasy 15 the last one that i played was 13 and but one thing that's cool about final fantasy is as a series is that every game like reinvents itself and so um even though like 15 didn't super like really appeal to me uh, I'm excited for the possibility of a new Final Fantasy game anytime it comes around. And I like the idea that this one is set in like a fantasy setting or maybe just a medieval setting. Well, so that's the part. I mean, it's definitely fantasy because we see like the uh, I, I and they're back to calling them Eidolons, I believe, um, like the, the Ifrit and the Shiva and Rama, um, Leviathan, all, Bahamut, all of those like the, the summons, basically. Um, mm-hmm. So like, yeah, I, I really like how medieval it feels like there are thatched roofs and dirt roads and people are poor and other people are not um and it looks it looks really cool um the uh combat reminds me of um i haven't played 15 but i i believe that that is a lot of what 15 looks like um in terms of uh the combat but it's also very final fantasy 7 um in that it's like or final <clears throat> excuse me final fantasy 7 remake um, in that it's all that sort of real time, uh, like hacking away stuff. It looks very action oriented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I've not gotten back to Final Fantasy VII remake. Oh, really? Yeah, but you weren't loving it. I was not loving it. No. Um. Wait. So how far did you? Another time. Yes. Another time. <laughs> another time. Another um, topic. <laughs> I. The, here's my thing with Final Fantasy 16 is that the Final Fantasy games that I like. And I think some of it may have just been, like, the limitations of the system. So, you know, everything was kind of, like, chibi and cute. Yeah. Or it was just pixel art a lot of the time. Um, I missed the whimsy from Final Fantasy. And I think even, like, some of the, the PlayStation 2 titles captured that whimsy really well. Um, but I do not feel like these games, of like, 15 or this one, are particularly whimsical. Mm. Uh, and I do miss that, but maybe that's what Dragon Quest is for now. Oh, uh, I mean, Dragon Quest is full of whimsy, so that maybe maybe that's just where where we need to turn. Uh, were there other games in the showcase that got you excited or that you were interested in? Not particularly, but I actually didn't watch the entire showcase. I was more just like catching up after the fact because uh, I'm I'm like not ready or particularly excited at this moment for like a new console generation. Yeah, well, and I mean, you know, we were just talking about <laughs> uh, the difficulty of ordering these dumb pins, um, but you know, evidently the situation uh, pre-ordering PlayStation uh, fives were just as busted 
uh, and you know even uh, prompted Sony to put out a, a tweet saying like, "Boy, that sure was rough, right? We'll do better <laughs> next time." Um, which I mean, I, I don't know. I think we we all knew that these things were going to be in limited quantity. Um, yeah. I think I think it's cool that we have a date, November twelfth. Um, mm-hmm. which is a whole presidential election away. Check your registration and then please make a plan to vote and then vote. Um, but, uh, and you know, the price points of $500 and, uh, $400 for the disc and disc list. Evidently the disc list version of the system is almost impossible to come by. Um, yeah, I was seeing something like that too, where like GameStop or somewhere, the ratio was like reported to be like four to one. Oh, so <laughs> so the uh, 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 on uh, Game Scoop IGN's uh, Game Scoop podcast, um, Justin Davis, who runs a lot of their like backend stuff, um, was saying that uh, you know they had those like click through links so that you can order stuff, um, you know, from retailers, but like through their website. Yeah. and they said that they sold the disc version to the disc list version one hundred to one. Wow. Yeah. Was that so? So that's based on demand, then. No, well, uh, but I'm I, that's the, that's the actual sell. So like that's what they were able to oh, actually oh, sell. I see. So I see, it's it's uh, maybe uh, demand versus uh, demand versus supply. Um, but in 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 either event, um, people were finding most success actually booking the the disc version, which is a little bit surprising to me. Um, m- well, what about you? What games were you interested in? Okay, well, so just so you know. Um, the 433 that I was playing has ended. There is no applause uh, because the performers <laughs> are cowards. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I mean, uh, you know, Resident Evil 8 looks neat. Um, that new Spider-Man game seems like it's kind of cool. The thing that I think is really neat is that uh, pe- uh, people who get the uh, PlayStation 5 and get the PlayStation Plus have access to a bunch of PlayStation 4s, like sort of greatest hits um, on that system uh, just for subscribing. Uh, for not for free because obviously you have to pay to subscribe, but uh, that's a, a nice, uh, nice little bonus. Uh, and I have no interest in that Hogwarts game. No, I don't either. Many reasons. Uh, ten years ago, I would have loved it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, ten years ago, we all would have loved it. <laughs> um, all right, we were accompanied today by Lord of the Lost. They so this was a uh, a quarantine performance. Um, so they were all in their homes. I was hoping there was going to be applause at the end of it. There was not. Mark, again, let's stop screwing around. There's too much news to discuss. Let's get into the news. So last Thursday, September 17th, Nintendo live streamed uh, a third Nintendo Direct Mini Partner Showcase. And these things are just continually getting like bigger and bigger. They were Really getting their toes wet with that first one. Um, yeah, with the four, maybe arguably five games <laughs> that they discussed in it. Yeah, so uh, uh, just... But yeah, there was... Should I, should I uh, just give the, a quick rundown of, of this thing by the numbers? Yeah, please. Uh, okay, so uh, we had... Uh, the, first of all, this one was live-streamed. It was not a video on, on demand, and we were told about it in advance, uh, a little over 30 hours in advance. We knew that this thing was going to happen. Um, it's 15 minutes and 36 second, seconds long. They talked about 12 games, including two from Capcom and one from Square Enix, so, you know, whatever. The thing that we said a couple weeks ago about <laughs> Square and Capcom not supporting the Switch is just wrong, I guess. Um, and then there were two games that are available right now. Three if you want to count Hades. Um, but we knew that Hades was coming out on Thursday. So uh, does that count? Like, like, it's not a surprise or a shadow drop. 
I don't know. <laughs> right. Um, and then uh, this was followed by a Monster Hunter Direct that gave uh, another 16 minutes, uh, like, in-depth look into the Monster Hunter games that we're about to talk about. Yeah, so th- this was, like, a meaty presentation, and th- it leads off with probably the biggest reveal. I mean, not probably. I don't need the qualifier. The biggest reveal of um, that mini direct, Monster Hunter Rise, which is a brand new Monster Hunter game coming to the Switch on March 26th, 2021. Uh, hold, hold that date in your head for right now. March 26th, 2021. We will come back to it. Uh, the game includes new monsters, uh, Magnamalo, Agnesum, and Great Izuchi, um, Tetradon, and tons more. Uh, the, you'll have Palicos, which are your pet companions, and Palamutes, which are your dog companions. You can ride your dog. Um, you're able to take two of them with you in battle, unless you're playing multiplayer, in which case you can bring one. Um, it's called Monster Hunter Rise because they wanted to really emphasize the verticality of these levels, and it includes a wire bug, which is like a grappling hook, which you can kind of like Spider-Man uh, grapple onto anything. Well, maybe not anything, but you can like grapple around quite a bit yeah it um, it does look like it's tapping into the breath of the wild climb everything uh sort sort of mentality and maybe it's just because it's on a nintendo system that i'm like yep it's, it's taking cues from breath of the wild um <laughs> but yeah I, I think the the fact that the name of the game is rise um means that they are sort of counting on that as a uh if not core mechanic a a like really sellable mechanic of this game they also announced three new amiibo um, a Palico, the Malamute, and Magnamalo. Oh, my bad. Um, that, that, that should be Palamute. I have a hard time typing. Oh, Palamute. I have a hard time typing a word that's not a word. <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, uh, the Palico one is super, super cute. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, 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 um, the Palamute is also cute. <laughs> and uh, the game is made with the, the RE engine. This is the first game... So the RE engine is like Capcom's kind of like next, like new generation um, engine. They like Resident Evil 7 and those types of games, Resident Evil 8, like those types of games are running on it. So, so, are, first... so are Resident Evil uh, 2 and 3 remake um, and the latest Devil May Cry are all in that same engine. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the rumor is that Capcom had been like exploring porting Resident Evil 7 to Switch but uh, it wasn't, they found that like it wasn't possible or incredibly difficult. Um, you'll remember that in Japan, they got like the streaming Resident Evil 7, but n- nothing like that ever came out here. Uh, but apparently Capcom has found that it's like possible to make Switch games with the RE engine, but they have to be made like for Switch, like specifically targeting Switch. They can't just like port existing games. Uh, one of the big like features of Monster Hunter Rise is this like it, the world is much more open something that they're taking from uh monster hunter worlds and so it's like one they showed off how it's like once you leave the hub area and you go out to like exploring there the areas are like one seamless yeah. world uh, and that you travel through and it seems like a pretty impressive like in terms of scale world and in and in terms of like visual fidelity the the re engine is impressive if you haven't played um resident evil 2 remake or resident evil 3 remake like they are stunning looking games that they uh, just you know uh in, in terms of lighting and in terms of just everything are, are, are very smooth very cool i do think it's interesting that they've uh found a way to make this thing run or make it work on uh switch 
but I, I, I also think I, I just want to like plant the seed that like there's a technological a barrier that's being like broken here with this game that's coming out March 26th. We'll get back to that date later in the presentation. <laughs> um, and then the other game, the other Monster Hunter game that they revealed is Monster Hunter Stories 2 Wings of Ruin, which is coming sometime in summer 2021. Uh, Monster Hunter Stories, the first game appeared on the 3DS, and it's kind of like Monster Hunter Pokemon. Um, you're like, uh, like raising the monsters, mm-hmm. you're finding the monsters, and then you're like teaming up with the monsters to fight other monsters. I, I, I'd, um, I'd argue that it's a little bit more like character based and story based than than Pokemon. You know, like Pokemon's always got the, uh, you know, loosest thread of like. Uh, you want to be a trainer and you're going to be the best. Um, but uh, I, I, I played through the demo of the original Monster Hunter stories on, on, on 3DS. And like it is a proper RPG, um, you know, a JRPG with like a, a, a story and a, a character that you're playing as. And this looks to be more of that. They're teasing some sort of connectivity between uh, Monster Hunter Rise and Monster Hunter Stories 2. But they've said that we will learn more about that in the future. Um, and possibly at TGS, which happens next week, because uh, they said that they, they would be showing off more about both these games at TGS. Yeah. And did, did you mention already that this comes out summer 2021? I did, yes. Okay. So that is, uh, let's just note, uh, not a specific release date, just a window. Uh, next, they showed off Fitness Boxing 2, Rhythm and Exercise, which is coming out December 4th of this year, uh, building on the first fitness boxing game. It, it this one includes a two-player mode, an alarm mode like Ring Fit Adventure, um, and the ability to turn off specific moves. So if there's something that you like, do not want to do or cannot do, you can turn it off. Uh, your save data carries over from the previous game, which is pretty cool. And they introduced three new trainers. Uh, see, seems neat. Uh, if you're a fan of the uh the first fitness boxing, that that. Is this one also, do we know, is this one also published by Nintendo? Because that the first one was, while not developed, was was published by Nintendo. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if, like, uh, if in Japan it mm. is not published by Nintendo, but outside of Japan, maybe it will be, like the other one. Yeah, interesting. And then next was a new Disgaea game, Disgaea 6, Defiance of Destiny, also coming summer 2021, which is a Switch exclusive. I remember back in... Early in the Switch's life in 2017, Disgaea 5, like Definitive Edition or Complete Edition, came out on Switch and did incredibly well um, outside of Japan. And so it makes sense that um, that Disgaea 6 would be coming to Switch as well. Uh, this one seems to be all about like damage and the max amount of damage you can do and putting zeros after that for whatever reason. Uh, they're like, max damage is in the quadrillions and your max level is near like 100 million wait okay come on how do you even how do you even look at a number that's a hundred million on the screen and like how can you tell that hundred million from ten like just from looking at them on the screen you're gonna have no idea how much damage you're dealing it's it's damage inflation for sure yeah it's it is it is silly Uh, and uh, you know the game looks it is uh, expressly being silly um like you the main character is a zombie um and like it's it's just you know it's all this like over the top uh, and it's a uh like a strategy combat game right uh yes i think so i played way back in the day like a little bit of the demo for disgaea 5 but i don't really remember it although if i want to check it out again 
uh, this week would be a perfect time to do it because Disgaea 5 Complete has a free trial from uh, the 23rd to the 29th for all Nintendo Switch Online members. So I like that they're continuing to do this, that if you, um, it's just like another perk of being part of Nintendo Switch Online. Yep. Next up, they showed Empire of Sin, which it didn't have like a release date, but it I might be coming out really soon. You can pre-order it now. Anyways, um, I feel like we did see this one. Yeah, I couldn't Somewhere. remember. I couldn't remember if we saw this at a PlayStation State of Play a couple months ago or at a previous Nintendo Direct. It looks like it's a uh, you know Prohibition era Chicago gangster sort of uh, strategy simulation game. Um, I, I I I like the idea of it more than I like what I see of of the actual game. It actually looks a little bit janky to me. Like um, it, it's one of those where you're like, oh, I don't think this is running well. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah. I like I like the aesthetics of it. Um it is I feel like maybe because I had seen the game before, I'm like, wow, this game is getting like a lot of promotion for a game that to me seems like an indie, but yeah. what like what do I know? Um next they showed off Sniper Elite 4, which is coming this holiday season. Uh they did the thing where like they zoom out from gameplay footage to reveal <laughs> that it's running on Switch. Like it's a like surprise that you can play it in handheld mode. Yeah, and like wh- what? <laughs> Why is that happening now? Why is it happening in twenty twenty? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Uh, and then there was a quick sizzle reel showing else showing what else is coming to Nintendo Switch this month. Um, they had the Long Dark, which is available today, ex- uh, where you can explore the frozen wilderness in the aftermath of a geomagnetic disaster. I mean, you had me at geomagnetic disaster, which I realized was the last thing you said, but that that is a compelling premise. <laughs> uh, PGA Tour 2K21 is being released at retail on the 25th, which we talked about in new releases. And then Hades uh, was available today, and again, not particularly new. Patrick has been playing it and is tired of me talking so he can get back to play it some more. I just want to play Hades some more. And look, Mark, I enjoy <laughs> doing the show with you. <laughs> uh, next, they showed off Balin Wonderland, which is a Square Enix Wonder game World. that's coming March. Tw- Wonder World, sorry. Um, Wonderland was his first smaller regional park <laughs> that he built in California. Wonder World, of course, that's right. in Florida. Um, Square coming from Square Enix on March twenty sixth, twenty twenty one. I, I is this another one that I feel like we had seen before? Oh, I somewhere? don't know. This one seemed like a surprise it, to me. Oh, I, I, uh, maybe I was like, I had a vision of some sort, but I'm pretty sure that we had, we've seen this somewhere, um, in a Nintendo presentation, but either way, uh, it's a cute looking 3D platformer, um, has like costume change abilities, a co-op mode. I don't know. It's fun to see like Square Enix doing stuff like this. Yeah. It, it seems, uh, and yeah, it, it's, it seems cute. Mark, let's talk about this date. Okay. We've got a, uh, sort of big release from Square Enix and a sort of big and a very big release from Capcom on March 26th. Um, We don't have solid dates in the rest of this presentation for anything past December, right? So this is, you know, at least three months past that for March 26th. Is that, Mark, is that the release date for the new version of the Nintendo Switch? I'm skeptical. Mm, I am skepticism. But, uh, 
<laughs> but I uh, also, like, deep in my heart, am a believer, and I love the hype. And so, yeah, I'm all in. I'm marking my calendar now. <laughs> it just it, it's it, it is odd that uh, two games from two big it's publishers very specific. Are, are coming out yeah. uh, on that date, and that they know that they have that date locked in now. It doesn't say March. It doesn't say early 2021. It's March 26, 2021. It, it is like like. Uh, I mean, you have reason to be like, wait a second, why, why call that out? Yeah, and and also with uh with um the RE engine uh finally running on the Switch, where it's like, okay, maybe it runs on the Switch, but it actually looks pretty good on whatever the new version of the Switch is going to be. Um, so that's all of that is sort of conspiring together, and we know that they're working on one, and that they were, you know, shooting for like uh, either the end of uh 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 end of q what would that be i guess q4 or like beginning of of q1 it it, it, there's there's a lot happening there i think i think it's a lot i think it's a lot mark the 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 switch will be four years old yeah next march yeah so uh like it makes sense to me that you would want to uh introduce like a hardware upgrade at that point uh rune factory 5 was the next to be shown off also coming sometime next year uh, this is like a mix between Harvest Moon and like a dungeon crawler RPG. Um, this is a it's a mashup of two things I love a lot. Rune Factory Five is one that I'm definitely keeping a look an eye on. And then finally, they showed off Ori and the Will of the Wisps, the sequel to Ori and the Blind Forest, which uh, was available last last Thursday yep. for twenty nine ninety nine. Um, this is like. Uh, Microsoft games game that's showing up on Switch, like we've seen a couple of other ones, including the uh, first game in the Ori series. There's going to be a collector's edition, a physical collector's edition that includes both Ori games and a bunch of Ori merch coming later from I Am 8-Bit for 150 bucks. But then also looks like in December, they're going to be releasing like regular physical editions for each game. I know that this is a beloved series. I have not played um, any of them, and it looks to me like a lot of like platformers that we've seen. But I wonder if like those platformers are ripping off the success of like Ori. That is my suspicion. Um, this is also a series that I've not uh, played at all, and I've been uh, you know chastised by my friends who have played it for for, <laughs> for not not looking into it. So one of us will have to look into it one of these days. Uh, but I'm not going to stop playing Hades. Hades anytime soon. So, huh. uh, and and so that that gets us through the uh, Nintendo Direct Mini Partner Showcase. Mark, what did you think of this one? I thought it was I thought it was great. Uh, I thought like it's just been a crazy like four weeks for um, new announcements from Nintendo. Yeah, wild, and it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's amazing to see a new uh, a new set of Monster Hunter games. Um, it's never been a series that I've been able to get into. Um, I have a suspicion that I'll end up giving Rise a try, um, just because it looks, uh, you know, neat. And you know, if if by March twenty sixth, twenty twenty one, we are any closer to spending time together in physical proximity, um, that would be a fun game to play together. It would be fun, and I know that they do have. It will have online co op. Oh, okay, um, great. I believe as well. Yeah. Um, or I think, I guess I shouldn't say that with a ton of certainty, but I think that it has online co-op 
as well. One of the things that I was actually kind of pleasantly surprised, you know, people loved Monster Hunter Worlds, and uh, I wasn't sure what the reaction was going to be online to this, like, game coming to Switch. And it seems like people were really positive on it, which was really fun to see. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the Monster Hunter fan base isn't, uh, it, it isn't like, big enough or, like, established enough, at least in the West, to become, uh, to be toxic yet. Uh, like, mm-hmm. it'll have an opportunity to get there, and people will be like, that's not my Monster Hunter. Um, but I, I, I don't think it's there yet. I think people are still in the, like, welcome to the Monster Hunter club phase of monster hunter fandom um really big news from yesterday so on monday morning microsoft announced that they were that they are going to acquire zenimax the parent company of developers such as bethesda softworks id software arcane and a lot more i think there it'll be like 23 studios or something that they're acquiring in whole so that means um, that uh in in discussing this story we are talking about all three major platforms on this episode of this just nintendo show <laughs> which i think we've never done before uh, we might have um, <laughs> <laughs> but this is uh this this is this is a bummer to me and the reason that it's a bummer to me is because like I feel like we're beginning to see in video games what we have seen in like uh in entertainment in general where it's just like consolidation sure. to of just like massive companies just becoming more massive um and like I I think that having Zenimax like you can say that it's good for Microsoft because right their like first party portfolio just like exploded um but I think for video games as a whole, this sort of consolidation is really scary. Yeah, the yes. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's the same sort of thing that is uh, that was true about, um, you know, like Disney swallowing up Fox or 20th Century Fox at any rate, um, was that like at first you see that like the entertainment possibilities of like, oh, my God, now the X-Men can be in the Marvel movies. Uh, just for one dumb example, um, and on the Microsoft um, Zenimax side, where you're like, oh my gosh, uh, the Bethesda games can be part of Xbox Game Pass. That is cool, um, but you know, it it cuts out a. There's such a huge company with such a huge like share of the market, and just to have them gobbled up by another share of that market um, means that there are fewer like entities, fewer voices, fewer sources of revenue. Um, that are responsible for the games that we're playing. Uh, and that's uh, just from like a business perspective, kind of scary. They spent $7.5 billion on this acquisition. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just re- I remember how exciting and how fun it was when Doom was first announced for Nintendo Switch and when like Skyrim was showing up and you were like, wow, like it's really cool to see like a third party like yeah. it's you know like Bethesda or id supporting Nintendo and uh not that that's like the most important part of this but you realize that like for video games in general this is a huge player to just be like taken out um well, and do you think that they'll exclusive. be do you think that they will in fact be uh, uh like just because they're owned by Microsoft does that necessarily mean that they will be exclusive to um xbox platforms so i 
I think we'll have to see. Basically, like it's obviously super early days. Yeah. What um they have what Microsoft has said today is that they'll be evaluating games on a case by case basis to determine if they'll launch on a console that isn't Xbox. So you know we've seen game Microsoft put a handful of like of games on Switch, smaller ones, you know, like the Ori games that we just talked about. Um, and Cuphead and, so, and Minecraft, I think, are, are are the big ones. Right. And I think maybe Minecraft is a really instructive example, but to me, it seems most likely, or I think at this point, if Microsoft were to put some of these games on a platform, it would be Nintendo. It, and I think they're not, right. like, I think... They see PlayStation as more of a direct competitor. Sure. And so I think they're going to, like, if they're going to put it on one of the two, it would be Nintendo. And, you know, there are some games that for, you know, like, um, I think Arcane Software is working on a game that it was already going to be like a PlayStation timed exclusive or a PlayStation exclusive. And Microsoft has said that they're going to be honoring those agreements. So I think, like, Doom Eternal is still going to come out, like, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm more worried, like, a year from now, two years from now, what does this look like? And uh, I, I think it's mostly just going to be... I'm worried for a number of reasons. One, I think it's just like all these games are just going to be Microsoft exclusive, which I don't think is great for video games in general. And two, I'm worried about like what this means for these Bethesda studios in the long run. And it, will this become like a Bioware situation where everything just becomes like you lose your identity because now yeah. you're like trying, you're trying to exist in this larger like IP that Xbox is trying to manage. Yeah. And I, I guess like that, that's the part of it that, that uh, I, I worry about a little bit. I'm not super plugged into uh, the Bethesda series anyway. So like, I don't really feel like I have uh, too much of a dog in this fight. Um, but like for me, it actually makes the Microsoft identity a little bit more boring um, in that, like it feels like they're sort of just uh, chasing the same kind of like hyper-violent aesthetic um doesn't feel different enough from what you already see coming out of microsoft owned studios um but the, i mean the and, and then like the existence of uh, exclusives doesn't really bother me it's sort of just like part of um you know the the business of of, of video games um and you know for whatever reason we see some really high quality exclusives come out uh of both like playstation studios and obviously nintendo um, you know, most of the games I play are Nintendo exclusives. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I can't, I can't, uh, begrudge Xbox having that, but yeah, uh, it, it is, it's just weird to see, uh, such a big, uh, you know, kind of independent player in the video game sphere, um, just sort of be swallowed up by a mega conglomerate like Microsoft. Well, I mean, I guess for me, you know, when you were saying, uh, when the 20th century Fox acquisition was announced people are like great x-men right can be in the marvel yeah. universe i saw a lot of reaction today because microsoft had bought obsidian not that long ago and people were like wow like so now fallout will be under you know like microsoft and so is obsidian so like obsidian can work on like uh fallout new vegas 2 in the future or something like that and to me that like i was like oh but like obsidian finally is getting to do their own stuff yeah that doesn't have to like you know be this like I, I i just hope that it doesn't become like fallout is everything and you have like five studios working on new fallout games all the time yeah well and like it also like won't be that right like 
Uh, I mean, this will change the way Bethesda works, right? Like, um, uh, Rare being purchased by Microsoft changed the way that uh, Rare worked. Um, And, you know, they were put on assignments that um, Microsoft needed. Uh, And it's really only been in the last, like, four, three or four years that, like, Rare has had a game like um, Sea of Thieves that actually, like, sort of, you know, represents the sort of like old rare identity. And even that, like sort of a sidestep from it. Um, so, you know, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what what these games end up being and just like the direction of this. All of it's going to happen so slow, though. Um, like, I, I obviously they're honoring uh, a lot of agreements that we already know about. Um, like you, you mentioned Deathloop, I, I think, for the, the PlayStation 5 um, exclusive is still going to be a PlayStation 5 exclusive or a while um but like there have to be other agreements uh for future games that we don't even know about yet that they're probably still going to honor um and microsoft has been as you mentioned like sort of good about getting their published games on other platforms uh both ori and uh cuphead are not those aren't first party studios they're just published by uh microsoft um so it you know it's 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 a little bit different but yeah this this it'll it'll be super interesting to see where all this goes could the next Smash Brothers DLC character be announced soon? Oh, Mark. And should we be basing our hopes on the takedown date for a se- J- Japanese 7-Eleven ad? 100% yes! <laughs> so on Twitter, a user at OnuaUlt posted a photo of a display ad for the Smash Brothers Fighter Pass 2 download card that is currently being displayed in 7-Elevens in Japan. Okay. So the ad shows like six slots for fighters and only Min Min is revealed. The other ones just have like the Smash Brothers logo. Yeah. The ad has a stop displaying date of October 4th. (laughs) And apparently with Hiro and Banjo-Kazooie, the ad takedown date was just a few days after they were revealed. After they were revealed. So we're thinking sometime before October 4th. Mark, is is it going to be our This Thursday surprise? It could be. I mean, uh, this week or next week, it seems very possible, right? Like, um, Nintendo... It it just feels like it's been every week we've been getting something, and it has been a while since since we've heard anything about Smash DLC. Man, that's... uh... That's that is exciting. When did we hear about Min Min? It feels like forever ago. I feel like it was June when it was released. Okay. All right. Well, and I, and I think we 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 knew it was an arms character like a month or two before that. And then well, I think it all happened at once, right? That it was like, by the way, it's Min Min. Here's an hour of Sakurai playing as her, and now you guys can all play as her as well. Do you think that they can continue to trickle out like one character at a time? announce and release the same day or uh because i mean i I know i haven't purchased the new fighters pack yet i know you haven't you might not ever um but like for me i feel like i need to have a little bit more like excitement around uh the next maybe one or two characters before I'll, i'll i'll throw down that money it's definitely not uh unprecedented right we got hero and um was it King K. Rule or was it Banjo Kazooie no. that they like announced those together? Yeah, that's right. At E3 uh, last year. So uh, I don't know. Like maybe I can totally see why. Yeah, I just I, I 
at at this point, I I think I just need like another new character that I'm uh, never gonna play as uh, is not quite enough to get me excited about uh, Smash again. If they could show me two though, that <laughs> that might do it. <laughs> uh, this is actually a really good deal if you're interested in these games. There's a special double pack that contains Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and Super Mario Party that's coming to Target on October 4th. You get both games for $99.99, plus you get a $10 Target gift card. Pre-orders are open now if you're into it. If you haven't, if you're one of the surprisingly few people who have not bought Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, I think like the attach rate is more than half of all Switch owners have that game. Yeah, it's like 28 million copies out there. A few weeks ago, we mentioned that Nintendo had announced a special shareholders meeting to be held in Tokyo on September 16th. At the time, we weren't sure what the purpose of the meeting was, but it turned out to just be like Nintendo's standard corporate management policy briefing. They usually have these, or previously they had them like right after an earnings call. I think they were um, uh, twice a year. But Nintendo has decided to decouple them from the financial reporting going forward. So no news out of this one, um, and uh, the, the, this is us reporting on the fact that there is no news. <laughs> no, but it, it's good, though, because we, we at some point did say, like, there's a mysterious meeting. We've been told they're not going to make any news, but maybe they will. Right. Yeah. And finally, Nintendo has announced that the 3DS is officially finished its production. Wow. Wow. They put, out a, they put out a statement saying, quote, we can confirm that the manufacturing in the Nintendo 3DS family of systems has ended. Nintendo and third-party games for the Nintendo 3DS family of systems will continue to be available in Nintendo eShop on Nintendo.com and at retail. The existing library of more than 1,000 Nintendo DS games contains many critically acclaimed... Uh, I'm not going to read the rest of this. Right. Uh, but basically, like, online play is still available. The Nintendo eShop is available. But basically, it's uh, crazy to see the 3DS has ended. Yeah, no more 3ds's. We did an episode maybe a year ago trying to predict what we thought the last 3ds game would be, uh, and I don't think we were right. None, none of our guesses were right. Um, and in fact, I think when we were making those guesses, we had already seen the last 3ds game. <laughs> <laughs> we may not have known it at the time, yeah. but we also, I think, maybe that was the same episode, or we did a different episode that was just about celebrating the Nintendo 3ds. Sure, because it really was like a remarkable system. Um, that really found its footing, has some like incredibly amazing games, yep. laid a lot of the groundwork for games that we're seeing like on Switch today and that we saw on the Wii U. So uh, pour one out for the Nintendo 3DS. Yeah, um, a, a very good system. Uh, I'm sad to see it go. I'm excited slash like nervous that we are now in an era of Nintendo that is a single pillar. Um. And, you know, maybe maybe they've, like, diversified enough so that it's, like, we're going to have this Mario movie, there's going to be the Mario theme part, or the Super Nintendo Land, um, and mobile games, and, like, all of those, like, smaller pillars kind of come together to create the second. But, like, since 19, what, 88, uh, Nintendo's been a home console slash handheld company, um, and that's just not what they are anymore. Now they're... Yeah, that's such a good point. That's That is a little bit... That's a little bit like strange to have that book closed for now. Yeah. And, you know, they've they've been able to lean on one when the other hasn't been super successful. Uh, and that's just, you know, thankfully the Switch is successful right now. 
Um, but whatever the successor to it is going to be out on March 22nd, 2021, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll have to bear that sort of burden on its own. If Nintendo puts out like another flop console, if they put out a Wii U, uh, you know, like analog in the next couple of years, like what do they, what do they do? Like how, how do they bounce back from that? They don't have like a 3DS to keep them afloat or whatever. Well, I mean, I think exactly what you said is exactly right. That by diversifying, they're like, yes, the, you know, Switch U is a flop, but, you know, we have this like Mario movie that is a franchise that is continuing, you know, to like, and we're getting the licensing money from Super Nintendo World and like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess uh, diversification is always going to be safer than, you know, riding a, a boom and bust roller coaster like they have been doing for the last 30 years. <laughs> um, all right, Mark, let's close out the news. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. We had no time to screw around. We had so much news to discuss. Uh, Mark, I'm proud of us. I think we did it right. I think so too. And if anybody wants to hear us talk about more more about the our driving schools, yeah, you can like <laughs> check out our driving school podcast. <laughs> uh please remember to rate review and subscribe on apple Podcasts if you like the episode uh please share it on facebook or twitter or wherever you share stuff on twitter i'm at patrick underscore ellers mark is at mke mitchell and the show is at Nincart society we also have a facebook page which is just nintendo cartridge society olivia duncan made our logo our theme music is read by ape betty you can get more of his music by going to ape or by listening right now From my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellery saying March 26th, 2021, mark your calendar. Thanks for listening. I'm Kate Thompson. And I'm Mark David Christensen, and together we host Ah Crap, a Hellboy podcast. The show dedicated to the half-demon hero brought forth by writer-artist Mike Mignola and published by Dark Horse Comics. Each week, we discuss everything Hellboy. Plus his expanded universe with the BPRD, Abe Sapien, Lobster Johnson, and many more. That's Ah Crap, a Hellboy podcast on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Campfire.